Did you know that right now there's a group of people running the business of their dreams? They are respected leaders in their field, working with clients they love and serving them profitably. Now, are they famous? Depends on who you ask. They're not signing autographs at the grocery store or taking selfies every five minutes. They're not trying to be everywhere on social media. Yet when they show up at trade events and conferences, they are recognized and sought after. They're the ones everyone else looks up to. They're the next generation of thought leaders in their space. So what's their secret? Well, they've become famously influential to the right people, and so can you. Today, we'll dig into the story of one of these leaders and deconstruct how they became micro-famous. You won't just come away inspired, you'll come away with a new strategy and a new way of thinking. So while your competition is scattered, chaotic, and chasing every shiny object, you can move forward with confidence and clarity. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, agency founder and author of Microfamous. And if you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Awesome conversation to share with you today. My guest today is Tony Watley. He is the author of The Side Hustle Millionaire. He's a startup and business coach and keynote speaker. He's a fellow podcast host, uh, the host of 365 Driven, as a matter of fact, which I was featured on about a month ago as of the time that I'm recording this. So go check that episode out because uh, our first conversation was on his podcast. And that was so awesome that I decided to invite him on to my podcast because I wanted to dig in to his community building secrets. What you might know about uh, Tony from his podcast is that he actually built one of the first online communities. And in his case, it was around his passion in cars. He ended up building the largest, I think, GM uh, Motors community online. It was 300,000 plus members. It generated seven figures in revenue, had a seven figure exit. Um, What's wild about that is he did it as a side hustle while working full-time in the corporate world, and I mean like not delivering newspapers or something like that, but while having a high-level six-figure corporate job in the oil and gas industry. So Tony has an incredibly interesting and compelling background, and the way that he was able to do this was by building a brand, like a, a brand that built community. So what that turns into is the community starts to sustain and grow itself and take on a life of its own and you lead and you shape that community, but the community drives the growth because the community is finding a place where they can be themselves and they can feel understood and they have permission to be who they really are and connect with other people that identify them. And Tony really tapped into that dynamic in the early days of the internet. Of course, now we have things like Facebook groups and, and, and places like that that are taking advantage of those same exact dynamics. And so if you're looking at that type of an opportunity, if you want to teach, train, and lead and build a community-driven brand, then this is the episode for you. So we're going to talk about how you built a seven-figure side hustle while working full-time. We're going to uh, we talk a little bit about the book Side Hustle Millionaire, which was uh, an Amazon number one bestseller for a while. Uh, you can go get that right now on Amazon. Uh, We talk about how Tony today leverages the combination of the podcast, the book, and his Facebook group to now build and lead a new community, the 365 Driven community of entrepreneurs and executives, right? And then we also talk, this is a little secret bonus tip, why you should look for a brand that can be used as a mantra. And Tony has some great stuff on this. So I'm really excited for this conversation. I was excited for it going into it. And the content was exactly what I wanted him to share because I knew it was going to be super helpful for anyone that wants to build a community-driven brand to make them micro-famous and give people a space where they can also become micro-famous in that community. So without further ado, let's jump in with Tony Watley of 365 Driven. Tony, officially welcome to the show. I'm super excited for you to be here. 
Hey, Matt, you've been on my show. We're trading mics, and you brought some fire for my audience. I can't wait to give some to yours. I was going to say, as we were recording this, my episode on your podcast uh, came out, which is awesome. Uh, and since we're on the topic, why don't you tell people where they can go to grab that? Uh, my website's 365driven.com, so 365driven.com, and you'll find everything I do on that one tidy little URL. <laughs> and speaking of that, what do you tell people that you do? Typically, that nowadays, I'm, I'm an active entrepreneur, so that's first of all. I'm also an executive and entrepreneurship coach, so I've owned businesses for the last 20 years, and I've learned how to build highly profitable companies online that required very little time commitment. So hmm. that is my title now. I get introduced on the stages and on podcasts as the side hustle millionaire. Mm -hmm. It's because I've built companies that profited millions of dollars in my spare time. So it's a little bit of a unique spin. There's a lot of people out there speaking in revenue numbers and things yeah. like that. It's like, no, I actually sold a company. So I was one of those fortunate people who was able, able to scale something up to sell it, multiple seven-figure exit as well. And okay. it's just something that I've always had as a busy career. I was an oil and gas project management engineering background for the last 25 years. And three years ago, I decided, you know, this isn't working out for me anymore. I don't want to be in the corporate anymore. I did very well, highly paid, a lot of experience, a lot of self-limiting beliefs about leaving because of the security and the multiple six figures and all those other things that keep you from leaving. But I've always owned businesses at the same time that made the same amount of money. So I kind of said that, you know, why do I, why am I investing both here? I can just go do something and teach other people because of Matt, in my network of people, friends and things the last 15 years, I've helped people build seven and eight figure companies as a hobby for me. Goodness. And, and I was like, dude, I, I should be just doing this full time because I love to teach, man. I can yeah. tell you the same way. We like to learn things and educate people. That's why we have shows. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm going to go bet on myself. I don't want to sit in this corporate, you know, sphere for the next 20 years of my life, I'm going to go do things to create more impact and help more people. And that's what I did as a launch 365 driven two years ago to really help people get out of their own way. Think about how to monetize their skills, their knowledge base, create a small business. Maybe that's something they can scale and exit and have a multiple seven or multiple eight figure exit themselves. So that's what I've been doing for the last two years full time. Hmm. All right. And I'm, I'm going to ask the question because I'm curious and I'm sure the audience, uh, it's the, the number one question they want to know too, which is what, what was the business that you scaled up on the side that sold for multiple seven figures? So my superpower that I've come to realize over the last few years actually is that I build communities. I'm a community builder and it's not hmm. because I want to be the king of the community and stand at the top of the mountain and bound, you know, pound my chest. I actually facilitate the networking and the community and building these things. So back in 2001, I just wanted to build a website that I'm a car guy. I'm a car fanatic, actually. I, I'm a yeah. crazy car guy. And like, so I really built those side businesses to stay into that industry, the car industry versus my oil industry. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I was going to build this place online for car guys to hang out and talk about and race cars like online, right? Talk about it. So I started ls1tech.com. And it's a, it grew into the largest General Motors performance website on the internet. So we had over 300,000 registered members. And we had crazy amount of ad revenue. I had a lot of spinoffs. I had side hustles within that side hustle as well. I started doing website development and marketing and branding and ad buying and all these different things. And we had racing events, four of those around the country every year that we would build the communities. We, we could build micro communities in these hubs and these networks. We knew that if people could travel hours to come meet each other in person, that would build stronger relationships, stronger yeah. bonds. They'd be lifelong friends. And then that would all feed back into the mothership, which was the main website. So 
we're very active about building this community, this network, and it's still around today. I sold that website in 2007 after two years of kind of transition, 2009. So it's been 10 years now, but the website is still thriving, still making multiple seven. It's, it's, a, it's a very viable business model. But the thing is, is that that was just my bigger community. There was another one I built was based on performance trucks. That one grew to 180,000 members. So, Goodness, so there's two, two massive communities that I've built. And that's, that's the thing I think about is how can I create more value? Because I didn't create either of those businesses with money in mind. And that's the important I want to share like, yeah. the message. If there's so many people I try to help people and they want to come to me, Hey, Tony, I want to make a million dollars. Like that's not a good purpose, man. That's a weak purpose. Like most people that fixate on money, mm-hmm. you and I both know, like they don't really become successful because they're focused truly on just the money. Yeah. If you really yeah. want to make an impact in this world, you got to think about what kind of value can I create in this world? What kind of people could I scale this to have a challenge or some entertainment or education for them to have? So the more people that you can help overcome their challenges or problems, their problem might just be a lack of entertainment. Whatever their problem is, the more people that you can scale, the more people you can help, the more value you create, the more the money comes in on the back end. Because I see money purely as a scoreboard tactic. It's not really a strategy. It's just a result. Yeah, I, I agree. It's funny. There's a book sitting behind me on the nightstand in the hotel uh, called The Score Takes Care of Itself by Bill Walsh. I love Dude. that book, but I love the philosophy even more because I'm the same way. Somebody asked me the other day, like how big I wanted my business to get to in, in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, honestly, like I don't, I don't have those goals. My goal is for it to be a healthy, growing business where structurally it's healthy and from a people and systems perspective, it's super healthy. And from there, I don't know how big it'll grow. Cause that's not the goal. The go- like if I had a huge business that was unhealthy at the core, I would feel bad like at, at an internal level. So, so I think you and I probably have a lot in common there. Um, and I'm immediately getting off track because we should be talking about podcasting cause we're both in that space, but we talk about that a lot on the show anyway. Um, what I'm curious about is you knowing what you know about building communities. Uh, did you take that into like this space where you're at of teaching entrepreneurs and executives? Like how are you leveraging that skill set now? So I started a Facebook group community about, I guess, just under two years ago. And it started out as a small entrepreneurship community on Facebook, private group. And I went on my timeline. I said, hey, I'm writing this book to help people start their first company. And, that, and I said, if you would like to join this group, then we can talk about things and share insight and tactics. And I can incorporate some of your ideas into the book and had about 40 people on my timeline. I think about, I had about 1,500 friends at the time. 40 people are like, Hey, I have a business owner. I'd be interested in doing that and speaking with other people in that space. Like, okay. So I invited them and now it's about 3000 people and it's grown organically. I don't advertise it. I don't invite a bunch of people to come into it. I basically said, if you like the value that's being shared in this group, invite a couple friends. And then it's grown to 3000 people just organically. I'm only friends with probably 500 people in that group, like Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. So you can understand like we're just adding value. And so what I do is a community organizers, I facilitate conversations. I'm always creating content. I'm always engaging them with thoughts or perspectives of, would you really have to do this for your company? Here's some strategies that you can learn for social media. Here's some marketing copy tactics. Like I'm always adding value or I'm asking hard questions. Like how do you deal with hard employees? How do you deal with yeah. rejection? How do you deal with putting yourself on on stage? Like, and, and just really extracting the answers from people who have a lot of experience and just wanting to share because as you know, Matt, the way to create engaging conversations is just ask questions. There's too many people out there, even podcasters, they, they're guilty of just grandstanding and just beating their chest and talking about themselves and just going all, you know, 
Nobody really cares about that. They want to know what the challenges that you have that relate to them. They want to know how you overcame those challenges so they can learn something from you. So ask questions. People will answer, man. If they know the answers or they want to know, they're going to engage, but you got to ask questions. Yeah. And, and one of my clients does that. Her, she started a Facebook uh, group that's now at 40,000. And I, I know the guy that runs the second biggest real estate uh, Facebook group as well. And his grew to 55,000 or something like that in three or four years. So there's a huge opportunity in that. So I've, I've looked at that before. And I don't consider myself a natural community builder. Uh, like I've had to tactically learn the skills of asking questions because I tend to be someone that wants to teach. And like you said, that can sometimes like, that, that's a good thing. That's a good impulse, but sometimes it manifests it as just us talking to people. Yes. And, and so I've had to tactically learn to ask questions. So I'm curious, when you think about like jumping into a Facebook group, and let's say you decide to go that way and you know that you need to ask questions. Is there any tips you can give on the right types of questions to ask that actually get engagement versus the questions that just kind of drop their light, like they're too big or they're too deep or they're too something that people don't get engaged. Have you noticed a difference between those two different types of questions? Yeah, I think if you keep things simple, I mean, think about from the perspective of somebody that's scrolling social media and the thing comes across their timeline. If you write a question out that's like three sentences long, or has a lot too much detail, like, and it's, people are going to be like, I got no time to read that. We're all busy people. So if you just ask a simple, if you can make a question, it's just one thing, like one topic, what would you get? How would you deal with retaliation from an unhappy customer on your social media? Like that might just be one question. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have all these people that have experienced that. And like, well, this is how I did it. Or this is what I learned. Like, don't do this. So you just have a lot of different feedback that goes on. So keep it really simple. One question per, per post instead of a bullet point, some people write a, a, a preemptive story. They have this big thing like, oh, this happened to me, blah, 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 blah. And here's the question at the end. Like nobody makes it through that paragraph of material to see the question. So yeah. just ask a question. It can be a little bit vague on purpose because that also invites a lot of different perspectives because people will read a question and then they translate the way they want to translate it. And that's their perspective. And then they give an answer based on their own perspective, which may not actually be the one that you wanted to kind of go in towards like your own, the way you formulated it. But the thing is, is you're going to get some cool response that maybe it opens your eyes to a different perspective. And that's the kind of fun thing about these things. Hey, everybody, we'll get back to the episode in just a second. But first, with all the inward and outward pressure to be everywhere and be everything to everyone, I wanted to create a space where like-minded thought leaders can support each other and help us all stay focused. So if you're driven to teach, train, and lead, and you want to connect with others who are focused on becoming famously influential to the right people, I'm inviting you to join the MicroFamous community over on Facebook. It's a place for connection and conversation with people just like you who want to attract an audience, build real enduring influence, and become MicroFamous. So if that's you, you're invited. Head on over to microfamousgroup.com to join, and we'll see you in the community. Yeah, I could. I believe me, I would love to go super deep on that, but we'll get way, way off topic and into the weeds. Um, so one final question on that. When you're coaching someone and they're thinking about a community, like maybe building a community as a marketing tool to reach the right people. And obviously, this is something that you're doing in your own business. So you believe in it. Uh, but how do you help someone figure out if it's the right tactic for them? I think if you want to have a community, it's a great way to create warm leads. So if you're a coach or doing things like this, if you build them into the community, you could have this free community just to keep them involved. And then also you learn things from, you know, like Tom Billy, very you know famous entrepreneur, Quest Bar founder, CEO, billionaire. Like 
he's he's named his community like the the impactivists if you listen to his podcast he, he refers to them even in his show he's referring back to the community so i call my group the 365 driven so they are the 365 driven they're daily driven to do things so you think about that is when you start to speak to your clientele through your podcast now that their listeners are like oh he's talking to us like he's you know mm -hmm. that's awesome he's he's mentioning us he's showing the gratitude and these kind of things so that feeds them a little bit shows them like hey i'm i'm grateful that you guys are here and participating. I'm glad you're in the community. And then you just interact and you get to know people on a personal level. Because what I yeah. find, Matt, is that too many people are out there trying to find new followers, but they don't really take care of the ones that they got. And to me, hmm. if you invest more time into taking care of the ones who have shown support and they show up and they're responding to posts and they're doing things and they're sharing their things and you're just like, hey man, congrats, like that's awesome. And you get to know the people that are really showing up for you. Mm -hmm. That is so much more important than always trying to seek new followers, man. I agree. You know, like I, I see, I see both sides of it. Like I, I see it's, it, there's such a balancing act there because I see people neglecting their current audience mm -hmm. uh, in the sense of engagement mm -hmm. while trying to go out and, and reach new people. And then I also see the other side of it, which is that people that, that aren't reaching new audiences and they're talking to the same people all the time. And, but instead of engaging and promoting their one thing, they let it lead them into creating new things, mm. new products, new services, always trying to figure out how do, how do I monetize the people that already have names and faces without niching down and figuring out who's the one person I need to serve and then leave everybody else out. Like it's a, it's a, it's a total yeah. balancing act. Um, so yeah, like I can, I can see both sides, but it really is. It does come down to balance. We have to still be saying the same thing in new ways to a combination of the same people and new people all the time. So yeah, anyway. Um, Dude, that, that, yeah. And then everybody's like, what do they, what do you do? You know, if you're, if, if you're listening to this and you want to have fun, go on your social media page, especially if you're a business owner, just go to your social media page and go, what do you think? And make this simple question. Okay. What do you think I do to earn money? Ooh, just put it out there. What do you okay. think I do to earn money? Because if you just go, what, what do I, what do you think I like? They'd be like, oh, you like fishing, you like cars, whatever you, your hobbies are. You like traveling. Yeah. What do you think I do to earn income? Just put that out there and you're going to see a bunch of different responses because some people don't know what the hell you do. And if your message, like you said, Matt, is all scattered around and mm -hmm. like, like I went, when my first book came out, a lot of people discovered me because of the book, you know, yeah. it became a number one bestseller on Amazon, thousands of copies later. And I put that out there and people are like, author, author, author. I was like, damn it. It's like, I'm not an author. Like mm -hmm. I wrote a book, but that's not how I make money. Like I don't make a lot of money. The book is a warm lead magnet. <laughs> it, it's a, the book is a, a golden key that unlocked a bunch of invisible doors that I didn't even know existed. That's what that is. It, it makes about a thousand bucks a month on the Amazon residual. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty good income. It's like you yeah. can afford a small little you know, apartment or whatever on that if you wanted to, but that's not my source of income. My, my source of income is actually the businesses that I own and the coaching that I do. So, here I got these people thinking I'm an author. I'm like, oh man, my message is bad. Like this is <laughs> like, they don't know what I do. <laughs> so, I know that is hard uh, when you're yeah. trying to write a book that gives people value mm -hmm. and trying not to be overly promotional, right? Because I, I get a kick out of Dan Kennedy's books because he does not let you forget what he does. If you yeah. read more than 10 pages in his book and if there's no call to action, something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, I see it from both sides. I've, I've got a book coming out later this year and I, I didn't take that approach 
but it makes you question sometimes whether you should do more calls to action for, for the exact same reason. Uh, that's a great tip is just to put that out there and see what, what people think. And I can totally see that happening. Once a book comes out, people just think, Oh yeah, like you write books and magically the money comes in. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Not so much. All right. So we've, we've talked, you know, uh, you've, you've kind of answered some of the questions that I had before I got to it. So to sum up a couple of things, number one, the podcast keeps you visible. That, that seems like for the both of us, that's like our main strategy for staying visible, building authority and relationships and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you've paired it with a Facebook community that has the same name as the podcast. Mm -hmm. You tie those together by using the podcast, not only to speak to people in general, but to speak to the people that are in the Facebook group. Uh, is there anything else that you're doing to leverage and tie those, th those two things closer together so that other people in the Facebook group uh, see the podcast and see that you are interacting, engaging, and leading that Facebook group through the podcast? For me, I'm very savvy on the marketing and positioning of things. I've always had this fascination with marketing. I'm a very creative, although I'm an engineering degree, I've got the analytical side. I've always been creative, always been an artist drawing. I, I started building websites to have a creative outlet. So I'm very savvy about just just uniform branding across the spectrum of your brand. So 365 Driven appears on the back cover of my book. It's actually hidden as an Easter egg on the front cover design. And so there's the 365 Driven is the name brand, they're daily driven 365 days a year, except for 2020, obviously, because there's 366. So everybody gets to take a day off next year. My group. <laughs> one but, day off. That's one right. day off. That's all you get back to work. But the thing is, is that I think of business names that are more like a mantra. So if I want to build a, a business or some kind of brand, mm -hmm. I think like, I want people to say like, I am 365 driven. It's like, it's, right. a, it's a, it so, rolls yeah, off the tongue. It's, like it's easy to cry. remember. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if you build a mantra, people are always looking for communities to join, to feel like they're a part of something. Mm -hmm. Even if they're leaders of a, another community, like I'm in the Arate syndicate. So my mentors are Andy Frazella and Ed Milet. Yeah. I'm in the Arate syndicate. I'm in another community, even though I'm a community leader myself, yeah. we're always looking for people that have these strong communities that vibe with us and have our interest in mind. So think about that. You want to say like, I am Arate, right? You know, we are Arate. There's things like this. So the branding goes across the spectrum. So when I tell people to go to the website, 365driven.com, very simple, Instagram, 365driven, yeah. you know, YouTube, 365driven. It's just the more that you can beat that, that branding into people's minds so they can remember it so it can be the top of their tongue. When someone asks for a referral, they go, Hey, do you know any good podcasts? Like, yeah, 365 driven. So that combined with the stage. So even if I go on stage, I do a lot of public speaking events. Now I'm getting paid five to $10,000 to go do keynotes on entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You'll see sometimes I'll even put a slide on there with 365 driven just in the background, just to mm -hmm. have it there present. So when people are shooting photos or video, because I don't like to use slideshows if I don't have to, yeah. but I'll put that in the background. And so people that know when they're speaking and they see these social media videos and photos, like they'll see that there's my positioning, there's my branding again, mm -hmm. draws curiosity. What is that? Yeah. Let me look this up. So there's a ways to get in front of the audience and then and doing the podcast, like these co collaborations with yourself, we're, we're both growth minded guys. We're going to help each other level up. Yeah. I want my audience to introduce themselves. To, you know, you would introduce yourself to my audience and then I'm going to introduce you to my, your audience. And mm -hmm. there's going to be some crossover there. And that's beautiful, man. I think that's a yeah. powerful way. And that's what I really love about the podcasting community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, same here. And it's funny you mentioned about, you know, finding something that can be a mantra for people. I, I didn't think about that when I started writing the, my, my book, cause it was more, you know, you mentioned it being like a golden key that unlocks opportunities and leads. And I knew it was going to do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to build it around what I felt like was my, like the unique methodology that we teach mm -hmm. and that we implement on the, at the, on the agency side. And that would have been fine. 
And that would have had a certain level of impact. But then I realized that I had come up with behind the scenes, a better brand name for it. There was a mantra. I'm like, okay, well, I got to rebrand everything <laughs> uh, because, you know, like it's, it's much better to give people that battle cry, that mantra that they can feel like they belong to rather than just building it around what you think makes you unique. So yeah, I believe me, I've been through that and it was a big decision to rename everything midstream going through the book. I'm literally re-editing the book as we speak. That's what I was doing before you and I jumped on. It's important, well, man. It's gotta it's be It's important. It's positioning. And, and, yeah. and I always think about logos of like, would, would I wear that logo? Like I look at a logo of a brand. I said, like, would I put that on a hat or a shirt? Would I wear that? Cause a lot of times you see things people name and you're like, no, I wouldn't wear that. And yeah. I'll find a lot of entrepreneurs. They want to, they have this ego about them. They want to name the company after themselves. And I was like, well, then the company's never going to grow bigger than you. Yeah. It's hundred like, percent. Like, like, like you can't grow bigger. If I would have named my first website, Tony's garage, like it wouldn't have grown very big. It wouldn't have been 300,000 people because everybody's got their own garage. They don't want to yeah. hang out in my garage. Yep. Yeah. So you got to think about with this foresight, like, can I put this as a decal on a car? Can I wear this as a decal? Would people see that logo and understand like, oh, that kind of means something. So if like, let's say that somebody's wearing a 365 driven t-shirt and another person that doesn't know what they mean, they see that they go, oh, 365 driven. I get it. See, mm -hmm. I get it. Like, yep. they don't have to know what that means, but they get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes hand in hand with the approach of building community mm -hmm. because coming up with a brand name that you feel like people would put on a t-shirt or on a bumper sticker forces you to think about what, what brand name do I have? Or does my brand name allow people to say something about themselves yeah. by sharing it and by wearing it and by putting it on their stuff? And if not, then you've got a problem. And I, I definitely did. So now I found something that I think uh, expresses that more clearly. So all that being said, I know we're, uh, we're running short on time. So Tony, what's the best place to, uh, to get in touch and especially listen to the podcast and get into your world? 365driven.com, man. It's a, you'll find I'm very active on Instagram, Facebook, and the podcasting is again, 365driven show on all the major channels. Yeah, love it. And uh, of course, you got the book Side Hustle Millionaire, which is interesting. I had like the, just the background there I'm super fascinated about. So I need to go grab the book as well. Uh, and, um, Tony, as always, this has been awesome and I can't wait for, uh, for the next time we get together and have a podcast conversation. All right, Matt. Thanks for having me on, bud. Thanks for listening to the micro famous podcast. If you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, connect with us at getmicrofamous.com. It's the best way to take the next step to implementing the micro famous strategy in your business. So you can attract an audience, build influence and become the micro famous leader you're meant to be. And we'll see you on the next episode.